Uh, now, I don't know if, um, if you guys have been to Dubai. Uh, I recently uh, had the opportunity to go to Dubai, and um, uh, so I've got some pictures for you guys. You know, that's what you do. You take pictures when you go out. And so have a look. Um, here we go. That's uh, Dubai for you. And I don't know if you've been there, uh, but I felt it's more like uh, mini America, especially the downtown or the city areas. Uh, but obviously, they also have... Uh, other nice buildings, and that's the Atlantis on the Palm, and of course uh, the sea. Uh, but you do have better seas over here. Uh, but before you start feeling that I'm pitching for Dubai and promoting Dubai tourism, and if you got frequent flyers, that you should go. Uh, but let me tell you the reason why I went there. Uh, it was to meet my nieces, and there you go. Aren't they adorable? I don't know if you can have a look. That's Anna and Maria. And so my brother and my family lives there, and it had been a while that I got to see them. So thanks to Skyscanner, uh, I got cheap flights and got to have loads of fun uh, with my nieces. So I'll just show you some fun pictures now. Fun one. <laughs> fun two. <laughs> and my favorite. There you go. Uh, that's enough of slideshow for you guys. Um, now, I don't know if you have much experience with children or ki and kids. I think most of you guys have because you help out in kids' ministry here. But it's really fun to hang out with them because I don't have much experience with them. And uh, one of my favorite parts was uh, with my nieces was when we got to cross the roads. Now, you must be wondering what is fun about crossing the roads. Well, you see, they were trained well. And uh, whenever we were on the roads, uh, they would stop, uh, grab their parents' hand or my hand, look left and right, and then wait, and then cross with them. And so whenever we were on the roads, I would shout, uh, road rules, and they would do the same. Stop, grab, look, wait, and cross. And I loved it. I loved it because it showed their trust, their dependence, and simple obedience. Obviously, it was cute too, and I'm not biased. Um, and I loved it so much that I would randomly say, road rules. And then watch them. Uh, but they, then finally they got annoyed. And they said, Uncle Gladwin, duh, there's no road over here. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved their quick trust, easy dependence, and simple obedience. And it is this thing about children. Quick trust, easy dependence, and simple obedience that has a lot to teach us grown-ups, us adults about following Jesus and the kingdom of God. So listen to the words of Jesus again in chapter 10, verses 14 to 15. Have a listen to it. Jesus says, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Um... But before we dig more into this passage, let's, let's think about the context, where we are in the story of the Gospel of Mark, our amazing Lord. Uh, so from the second half of chapter 8, we know that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He has already predicted twice uh, that in Jerusalem he's going to suffer, uh, be killed, and rise again after three days. And whoever wants to follow him uh, must be ready to suffer and follow the same path. So look what he says in Mark chapter 8. Uh, verse 34, just flip back and it says, If anyone wants to be my follower, 
He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So the question that Mark puts in front of us now from here on is that who will follow Jesus? Is it the ever needy and the helpless crowd? Or the elite Jewish religious leaders? Or the very own close disciples? All are called, but who will follow? And last week we met with the Jewish religious leaders. And we saw that they don't want to follow Jesus. They want to test and oppose him. They want to get him in trouble. And they asked him about divorce. But Jesus met their challenge by teaching them about marriage. The union between man and woman that God has joined together and let no man separate. But now the story moves on. The story moves on and concentrates on the crowds, their children, and the disciples. And because the passage that we just are looking into looks, focuses more on children, some people say that's it's the obvious logical progression. Marriage, what comes after marriage? Children. Or maybe it's just the next big event that happens in the story. So let's have a look uh, at verse 13. Um, chapter 10, verse 13. Some people were bringing little children to him, to Jesus. So he might touch them, but his disciples rebuked them. Now Jesus was no ordinary man. We've been seeing that in the Gospel of Mark. Nor he was like one of those Jewish religious leaders. His authority, his power, his identity has been the highlight of the story. Some think he's a great man of God, a prophet. Some think he's a good teacher. But Mark has been consistently showing us that he's none other than the Son of God and the promised Messiah. So the crowd seeing Jesus brought the children to be touched and be blessed by him. And touching or the laying of hands was the gesture to bless someone. And if you remember when we did Joseph's story in Genesis 48, how Jacob or Israel blessed his two sons by placing his hands on them. And if you remember, Phil acted out for us. If you don't remember, you can ask Phil to do it again. Um, so people wanted their children uh, to be blessed by Jesus. All right? But the disciples were like, uh-uh, not today. This is no entry zone. They strongly disapproved the people's action. They rebuked them and stood around Jesus like big bad bouncers. They, didn't even, they did not even allow any selfies. No hashtag Jesus. <laughs> but, but why were they doing this? Well, Mark does not give us any specific reason. So we don't know. But we can obviously speculate a few reasons. We know from the story that the disciples are not the wisest lot. They must be thinking, oh, the Messiah is into serious business over here. And he has no time for little kids. Also in those times, kids were not considered the center of attraction, but they were the least with low or no social status. So one should not waste time on them. And there's also heated discussion going on. Marriage and divorce is being discussed. Death and suffering is being discussed. So let's just keep kids out of it. Um, and, all, and they were thinking that Jesus is only for the exclusive disciples or the elite leaders. He's not for the general audience or PG-13 pretty annoying, right? Well, Jesus is annoyed too. Please have a look at verse 14. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus was annoyed 
upset, and pretty angry. He whistled foul at the disciples' play. They thought they were being good by stopping children, but instead they were stopping the VIP and the platinum members of the kingdom. So Jesus literally commands them with a stern voice, allow the little children to come to me. Do not stop them. Get out of the way, Peter, John, and James, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And what does Jesus mean by that? What does Jesus mean that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? Does it mean literally that all children in all places belong to the kingdom of God? Or is it more like a metaphor that little children are a role model of who belongs to the kingdom of God? I think the passage is pushing towards the latter. It's a metaphor that children are a role model of who belongs to the kingdom of God. Because in the context, if you see, the next verse, verse 15 says, I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So it is a metaphor where children are like a role model for, of who belongs to the kingdom of God. And there are other verses also in the Bible, uh, especially around Mark, where Jesus addresses his followers as children or little ones. So have a look at 10 verse 24, how Jesus addresses his disciples. He says, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. And flick back to chapter 9, where he says, in verse 42, chapter 9, he says, But whoever causes the downfall of one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So children are the role model of who belongs to the kingdom or a role model of what does it mean to follow Jesus. And we will look more into this in verse 15. But just because children are role models, that does not mean that they have no other significance. Because according to the Bible and Jesus, children are very, very important. They, like us, are created in the image of God and are blessing from God, ours and others. Psalm 8 says, Out of the mouth of babies and infants, God have established strength because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. So babies, infants, and children are precious in God's eyes, and they show God's mighty strength. And just in chapter 9, Jesus says, And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in, in his arms, he said, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. And even in our passage, if you just follow on in verse 16, it says, it says, and taking them in his arms, taking the children in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. So Jesus loves children and he wants them to come to him. And so children need to be loved, cherished, and brought to Jesus through the gospel. Let me say that. So Jesus loves children and wants them to come to him. And so children need to be loved, cherished, and brought to Jesus through the gospel. Um, and and I, I learned the importance of this a few years ago, and it was again with my nieces, but only one of them, because the second one wasn't born. 
and I brought some chocolates, obviously, all girls or nieces like chocolate. Um, and I bought them some games, and we had fun, and we played a lot, and all that stuff. And it was about time for them to go back to their home. And my brother uh, said to me, uh, Gladwin, it's really good that you brought chocolates, and you spent so much time with them. It's really good. But you haven't done anything that has eternal significance for them. You didn't talk about Jesus. You didn't read the Bible with them. And I felt embarrassed and I felt like, I felt like he rebuked me. And he was right. Because what is the point of giving them everything and not able to uh, talk about Jesus or think about them? And I don't know how many of you are parents over here, but if you're a parent, can I say you do a great job in looking after children? And obviously there are a lot of children over here, but you've got to understand this. It's not been easy and at times hard and challenging because they toil day and night for the food and education, sports, and the list goes on. But parents, please make sure, and also future parents, please make sure that all your investment of time, money, and energy may not be for the world alone. Christian parenting is radically different. We are called first and foremost to raise children in the fear, love, and the knowledge of God. For what does it profit a child to gain the whole world, Xbox, etc., and lose his soul? So parents, work hard, pray, and bring your children to Jesus. And in future, for most of us here, we've got to also do that if God blesses us with children. So we've got to read the Bible with them. We need to help children to follow Jesus. And the best way you do that is when you start doing that. All right, second application. Second application is for people involved in kids' ministry. That is a lot of you over here. Can, I, can you raise your hands if you're involved with kids' ministry over here with Snag? Raise it high. It's okay. You can be proud. It's good. Can I say great job and thank you from all of us? Because uh, we don't get to see up front, except some, but week in and week out, you help to see the children of this church to know and love Jesus. So can we clap for them? Let's clap for them. And I think you guys should thank them sometimes and buy a chocolate or pray for them uh, when you get time. And one more thing before we look at verse 15. There are many children in this world that don't have anyone to love, cherish, and bring them to Jesus. And as Christians, we have an obligation to them. James 1 says, sorry, not in, let's say here. James 1 says, Pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one un- oneself unstained by the world. It's our job to look after orphans. We need to love and cherish orphans and bring them to Jesus. Because who will? All right, now let's go back to verse 15. Verse 15. Verse 15 says, I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now the kingdom of God is like the hot topic in the gospel. Jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. But what is this kingdom of God? Now because I studied at more college, I've got a technical definition for you guys. Um, It's the reign of God inaugurated by the death and resurrection of Christ, which will be fully visible and realized in the future new heaven and new earth with God as king. Huh? (laughs) Basically, it means that 
It means the kingship of our good God. God is our king through Jesus, which is real. And it will become visible in future in the new heaven and new earth. And it will be a time and space that will be free of all sin, death, and the devil. So it's God as our king through Jesus. And it is real and will become visible in future. And it will be a time and space where they will be free of all sin, all suffering, death, and the devil. So Jesus is saying, if you want to receive this kingdom of God, you've got to be like a child. Now what does that mean? Does it mean to be cute because all cute babies go to heaven? No. It means to trust and depend on Jesus like a little child. You see, we've been looking at this passage and it's talking about children, right? It's all about children. But do we hear anything about, from them? Not a squeak or a numb, not even someone saying, Daddy, why do we need to go to Jesus? All they're doing is trusting their parents who's bringing them to Jesus. All they're doing is trusting Jesus who with what wide open hands is blessing them. They're bringing nothing. These children don't have a lot of wealth or social status. Nor they've lived a long life to show their moral certificate of good conduct. All they can do is trust and depend on Jesus to bless them. And we also know that children are the vulnerable ones in the society because of their quick trust, easy dependence, and simple obedience. That's why we warn them, don't talk to strangers or don't take things from strangers. Because they will easily trust, quickly depend, and listen to them. So Jesus is saying to receive and enter the kingdom of God, you've got to be like a child. You've got to be ready to trust, depend, and listen to Jesus. And if you're not ready to do so, then you will not enter the kingdom of God. The warning here is much stronger. If you don't receive the kingdom of God like a child, you will never, ever enter it forever. But here's the good news. You know, it's okay to be a child to enter God's kingdom. It's okay to be vulnerable in the hands of God. You know why? Because he's no stranger, he's your God. He's the one who sent his only child, Jesus, to brutally die on the cross for our sins. And Jesus died and rose again. And if you believe this like a little child and depend on Jesus, then you know what does Jesus say? Jesus says, welcome. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Jesus says, welcome to the life of grace and hope. A life of forgiveness and eternal joy. Welcome to the life where God your king is your father. And as the story of Mark will, goes on and continues and we'll hear in the following weeks, we'll meet different people. We'll meet a rich man who's called the rich young man. And we'll meet a blind beggar, Bartimaeus. And the question that Mark will put in front of us, will, will they follow Jesus? Will they receive the kingdom of God like a little child? Well, to know the answer, you've got to keep your ears open to the sermons in the coming weeks. But before I close in prayer, this verse 15 has something to say to us. For some of you, for some of you who like to question uh, the authority of the Bible, 
the historicity of Jesus. You like to investigate and search about Jesus. It is good. You're skeptical. That's fine. It's good. Do that. But end of the day, where the rubber hits the road is this. Are you ready to trust in the claims of Jesus like a child? Are you ready to depend on Jesus' death and resurrection for life eternal? Because if you're not, then I'm sorry. Christianity has not much to offer you. It's an offer from God about His Son to trust and depend on Him. For others who believe in Jesus like me and know that we are part of God's kingdom, this verse encourages us to keep trusting, to keep depending, to keep obeying Jesus like a little child. I'm not saying to be naive and immature. Because our problem as Christians is that we are sometimes too grown up for God. But we are still called to be like a child when it comes to trust and obedience. Be like a child, trust and depend on God's word when facing temptation. Paul says in Romans 16, I want you, I want you to be wise about what is good, yet innocent about what is evil. And so a child of God will trust the voice of his father and depend on him in this big bad world. And so there are a lot of temptation. There's temptation uh, for sexual immorality on, on internet, on, in, in, in different places. And as, as little children, we need to trust God's word. No. Sex outside of marriage is not good. And so like a little child, we just need to trust and depend on God's word. We need to hide ourselves in God's word. And not be too grown up. Oh, I know that. I can't control myself. No. You've got to be like a little child. Depend on God. And when we face suffering, be like a child, trusting and depending on God when facing suffering. Peter says in 1 Peter 4, Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So when we, are, when we suffer, we are still called to keep trusting our good father. To keep reminding ourselves about a good father and the cross. Because when we suffer, we still want others to pray for us, but we ourselves 